He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, unto you shall the gathering of the people be. Thank you that you have enabled us to take time off to be in your presence. Hallelujah. Which is the most important place to be. Yes, Jesus. This afternoon, I pray that you will use me as a vessel. Oh, yes, Jesus. Anything that is in me or around me that stands as a hindrance, may your mercy remove and cover. I pray, oh God, that I'll be a vessel meet for your use, sanctified and prepared for your good work this afternoon. Speak through me to your people. I don't know everybody's situation, and I don't know what everybody's grappling with, but you are the Holy Spirit, and you know all things. Empower me with the power from on high, and let your people be ministered to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please sit down. Junior daughters, amen. Well, I welcome you to junior daughter, you can make it. And I'm happy to see all of you. I thank the Lord for being so gracious. And um, I thank my husband, the bishop, too, for encouraging me and allowing me to be here. And for all the pastors of Saved, Pastor Ko and his whole team, God bless you. I want to speak to you about I am not deceived. Hallelujah. I am not deceived. What does deception mean? To deceive somebody is to cause the person to believe something that is not true. And you can only cause somebody to believe something that is not true sometimes by just telling the person and sometimes by presenting things in a certain way so that the person believes a lie. So I am not deceived means that you are not subject to deception. To say that somebody is deceitful means the person is ready to tell lies or to deceive at given times. Amen. And not only are we deceived by the devil and by the world, but we can also deceive ourselves. Amen. So there's a deception that comes from outside. And there's a deception that comes from within. Hallelujah. And um, this afternoon, I pray that the Lord will deliver you from blindness so that you will not be deceived. Let's go to the book of Revelations. I want to show you something. Revelations chapter 12, verse 9. Revelations chapter 12, verse 9. 
If you are there, say amen. Some of you, you are afraid of the book of Revelations. But if you are prepared to meet your maker, you'll be excited. Amen. Revelations is the last book in the Bible. Are we there? I'm not there myself. I'm doing other things. Revelations chapter 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto death. Amen. I want to say first of all that the master deceiver is the devil. And the Bible describes him as the great dragon. The serpent of old, number two. The devil, number three. Satan, number four. Who deceives the whole world, number five. Those are the character traits. Of the devil and some of his names. He's a great dragon. You see, sometimes people think that Satan is not great. But I believe that Satan and the forces of evil are great. But the greater one is in us. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, Greater is he that is in you or in us than he that is in the world. It means that the problems and the trials and the difficulties of life are great. But there's one who is greater than those things. And the greater one is the one that puts us over. The Bible says that that great dragon, the old serpent. You see, Satan has been there before you and I came on the scene. And Satan's tactics have not changed. Amen. But we continue to fall. To his wiles and to his pranks. Said the great dragon. That old serpent. From of old. Who deceives who? The whole world. It means that he tells lies to the whole world. And the whole world falls for his lies. Who deceives the whole world? The devil. Satan. Has been thrown down. And that's going to be at the end time. Satan, there will be a major war between Michael and some angels and Satan will be thrown down. And then the saints of God would say, oh, salvation has come, power has come, the kingdom of our Christ has been established because the accuser of the brethren has been overcome. But how did they overcome him? They are just singing a song of what happened when they were on earth. And they will say that they overcame him by the blood. So if the blood of Jesus is your covering, If the blood of Jesus is something through which you are coming, you have the 
ability to overcome the deceiver in your life. Hallelujah. By the blood. And then by the word of your testimony. The testimony that you have of what Christ has done in your life. Your testimony that you have about the power of God in your life. All those things help the believer to overcome. In fact, the, the Bible says in certain places that when it gets to the end time, if it were possible, even the elect will be deceived. If it were possible. But because of that, the Lord will shorten the time. It means that Satan's deceptions, they work. And the Bible said that we should put on the whole armor of God so that we will, we will overcome the strength of the enemy. No. So that we will overcome the power of the enemy. No. So that we will overcome the wiles. And wiles are cunning procedures. Wiles of the devil are cunning procedures. A procedure doesn't begin with one step. It's a whole number of processes. That's why it's called procedure. So he starts with you from point A. And then he takes you to B, C. But when you are at point A, you think you are going to C. But actually Satan's destination is Z. He deceives us. The first woman that Satan deceived was Eve. The Bible said when she saw the fruit, that it was good to the eyes. And pleasant to, pleasant to the eyes and good for food. And something to be desired. Three things. Good for food. Pleasant to the eyes. Something to be desired. That, those are the three components of sin. And those are the things that lure us and attract us. Good for food. It looks like something that's good for your flesh. When I do this, it will be good for me. It will be good for my flesh. My flesh feels good. When I do things outside God's word, my flesh feels good. You know, many years ago, a friend of mine went to the university. She was ahead of me. And so she wrote to me, and then I wrote back to say, how is the university? How are you settling down? And she said, oh, the university is great because I've met this boy who took me to a room and has helped me to discover a part of myself I never knew. Deception turns the truth into a lie. Hallelujah. And many of us, we believe it. It is good for food. It feels good to the flesh. It's pleasant to the eyes. It looks scintillating and tintillating. And it looks like something to be desired. We follow how we feel. Our desires more than following God. But when you are a Christian... The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that spirit will quicken your mortal body. How is it that Christians today don't have the fruits of the spirit? We just have the gifts of the spirit. If you say, shall we speak in tongues? We can speak in tongues. Oh, shall we sing in tongues? We can sing in tongues. Shall we do the prophetic? Oh, great things will happen here. But the fruits... It's not there. Hallelujah. When the Christians went to a place, the people would say, ah, these people are different in Antioch. And they will call them Christians. They are like Christ. But nowadays, we are like the world. And we are deceived in different ways. But today, I pray that you will not be deceived. And that the power of God will come on you strongly. 
and you will be able to escape the deception of the enemy. There are many things we are deceived about as young people. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15:33, I believe, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Why would the Bible say do not be deceived? Because we are often deceived. God could just have said, oh, bad company corrupts good morals. Just know it. But he starts it with do not be deceived. Because we are deceived about friendship and the influence that it has on us. And we are not prepared to pay the price to go all out for Jesus. Hallelujah. Even sometimes when we go and invite people to programs, they say, you, are you a child of God? You too. Are you also among the prophets? Because they don't see anything in you that reminds them of Christ. Said, so do not be deceived. The company you keep affects you. The company you keep affects the way you think. The company you keep affects your decisions. The company you keep affects your spirituality. The company you keep affects how you are. They may be in church, but they may not be good company. Hallelujah. I found many Christians in the church, but not all of them could flow with me. How is it that you, everybody can flow with you? Jesus said, if I yet pleased men, I will not be a servant of God. If you become spiritual, you don't have to announce it to people. You know, now I've become spiritual. So try and let's talk about spiritual things. No. But as you become spiritual, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as you speak, the people will say, ah, these days her flow is some way. These days she just talks about the Bible says, the Lord taught me this. And, you know, as I was waiting before the Lord today, but all that you hear is, when I went to school, these foolish things happened. This boy said that this. This girl said that that. Are you going to buy that dress? Do you have money? What did your mother say? Gossiping about parents. You wait till you become a parent. And then you will see that it's not an easy job. And that your mother was excellent and your father was excellent after all. Hallelujah. But the type of company you constantly keep affects you. The type of people you, you continue to speak to on the phone. They may be in church. But their conversations don't edify you. Their conversations don't build you up. Even we grown-ups have to choose our friends wisely. You can't choose your friend anyhow. Hallelujah. Sometimes I have friends when I was working in the secular world at Attorney General. They would say that, me, take nonsense from a man. That's the end. Me, listen to a man and have patience for a man. That's the end. But that's not what the Bible has said. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And when I look at the Bible, I see that even Sarah and Abraham, they had their conflict. When Sarah said, send Hagar away, Abraham said she will be here. How's help conflict begun before you were born? Hallelujah. But in the midst of that, Sarah was patient. And in Hebrews 11, she celebrated. But if you listen to the world, you'll be affected. If I listen to the world, I will not be in full-time ministry. Because people don't think and agree with the things of God. Even Christians will come and advise you that when you go into full-time ministry, you have put your life at great risk. And that, don't you think that you should take more careful steps? They will tell you all that. Bad company corrupts good morals. And then you at this age, you want to have bad friends. 
You want them at all because they, they teach you how to cheat. They teach you how to lie. They teach you how to deceive your parents. And you say, oh, this is my friend. I like her. Pa. She's very nice. And you present another front to the church, your pastors and everybody because of your company. The greatest influence or one of the greatest influences on your life is the company you keep. It's not the number of times you even read the Bible, but the type of company you keep affects you. Let me ask you, who is your friend? Who counsels you? Who do you seek advice from? Who do you keep secrets with? Does the person say that, say the Lord? Does the person say this is God's word? Then if not, that friendship is not worth it. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company is not always bad things that are so open. It's a deception. But bad company is whatever does not draw you close to God. Anything that makes you carnal, anything that makes you less spiritual is bad company. And sometimes when we say, say, Mommy, how do you judge? How do you just say that this person is bad company? Because I can see. I don't need to even get to know the person. I can see from what the person even discusses and from the person's effect on your life. I can see that this is bad company. But we want to be liked by the world. We want to be hailed by the world. We want to be accepted by the world. The world which will betray us and dump us and and not treat us well. But Jesus, who will stay with us throughout time, we don't want to stay with him. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Another thing that we are deceived about is, do not be deceived. Whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. Amen. The Bible is telling us things that we should not be deceived about. And we think that we can get away with everything. I can get away with a lie. You know, my mother-in-law says, lies have short legs. They soon catch up with you. I I will lie. I will tell half-truths. When they ask me about something, I won't say the whole truth. I will say a part of it. And it doesn't matter if I'm sowing anything, but you are sowing something. And the harvest is always more than what you sowed. And I pray for you that the Lord's mercy will cover the harvest. But the Bible says, don't be deceived. What you sow is what you will reap. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. As you are growing up, what you sow in your life, you will reap later as a grown-up. If you, reap, if you sow righteousness, if you sow kindness, if you sow the fruits of the Spirit, you will reap from it. Something good, a great harvest will come from that. I have walked with the Lord from the age of nine. There have been a few hiccups here and there, but the Lord preserved me. The kind of seed that was sown in my life, it was difficult to just discard it. I believe that that tree grew from strength to strength and became a big tree that you could not just, you know, uproot easily. And because of that, I believe that I am living the harvest of the things that were sown into my life. The sowing of righteousness, holiness before God was not by human effort. But I can see that that fruit has brought me to a certain place that only God could have brought me to. As you are young, you are sowing certain seeds. And then later, those seeds will germinate. May you sow 
the right kind of seeds. Hallelujah. And think of it as sowing. You are not even sowing to somebody. You are sowing in your own life. Are you sowing the word? Are you sowing the love of the Lord? Are you sowing commitment to God? Commitment to God will teach you how to be a committed wife. Commitment to God will teach you how to be a committed husband. Commitment to God will teach you how to be committed to the ministry. It starts from a very young age. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. As you lie, you will be lied to. You will be deceived. You know, Jacob told his mother, I am afraid that my father will feel me and will see that I have deceived him. That's the word he used. And a curse will come upon me. And who was more deceived than Jacob? God may bless you. God's mercy may overlook a lot of things, but the sowing and reaping, it has another place in our lives. I haven't seen anybody who is going to marry and they have brought the wrong bride since I was born. And the few years that I've lived on this earth, I have never seen anybody that the wife he chose was not what was brought, but somebody else that he didn't even desire was brought to him. And the person was veiled. And it was in the night. And so as you have swerved Esau, you have swerved your father. You feel you've managed to run away. A major, major deception awaits you. You end up marrying a woman you never loved. A woman you had never even considered. When you wake up in the night, you say, Oh, what happened? It's the deception. You work for a man. He changes your wages ten times. That was Joseph. He said, since I started working for you ten times, my pay is not, you know, I don't know what I earn. Every day you are changing it and it's not in my favor. Why? Let's see that you sowed. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. And I believe that it took an encounter with God to break that curse. And that is why the Lord met him on his way back. Because even though he was Jacob, a supplanter, a deceiver, the Lord had not yet given up on him. And the Lord said, I'm going to struggle with you until you give up that aspect of your life. And the angel of the Lord came in the night and struggled with Jacob. So he had a dislocated thigh. And the Bible said then, the Lord said, I've given you a new name. You are now Israel and you will wrestle with princes. Hallelujah. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. I was reading about David this morning in my quiet time. And Nathan the prophet came to him when he took Delilah. He said that you have taken Uriah the Hittite's wife. And you have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites. And because of that, one from your own house will lie with your wives in open space. And all Israel will see it. And the sword will not depart from your house. And then the baby that Bathsheba has will not survive. But David saw only a portion of what God was saying. So he interceded that, oh, don't let the child die. And, but soon after that, Absalom came and manifested fully, fully in the sight of all Israel. The sword of Absalom against Amnon came into that household. But David was preserved. And his throne was preserved. And so don't let um, trifle with sin and trifle with cause and effect. It's true God is merciful. But certain seeds, when they are sown, I'm not happy. 
about what comes. So deceit is something that you and I must watch so that we don't get to that place. Hallelujah. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Ephesians 5 verse 6. Ephesians 5 verse 6. I've not come to what I want to preach about. Ephesians 5 verse 6. Ephesians 5 verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Let no man deceive you with empty words. They are speaking all right, but what they are saying is empty. Hallelujah. Let no man deceive you with empty words. Words that don't have much substance. And many of us, we are deceived by our peers with empty words. Hey, we are going here. It's happening at Boomerang. Hey, the empty words. Words that are not powerful, that are not life transforming, that will not lead you anywhere, but you are deceived. Hey, it's happening. My boyfriend rang me. Hey, he says he likes me. Hey, he sent me a text. Empty words. Let no man deceive you with empty words. And I want to tell every young lady here, let no man deceive you. The raps, the things that the men tell you, they may mean it for the moment, but it's only for the moment. It doesn't go beyond that. And in any case, you are so young. What do you know about love? So, but sister, mommy, I feel it. I feel feelings are not reality. And so I'm telling you, Keep your feelings under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because later you will look back and you say, foolish feelings. I'm glad I was not led by them. The Bible didn't say as many as are led by feelings. It said as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So the feelings will be there, but let the Spirit of God have preeminence in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let no man deceive you with empty words. And there was a lady who was deceived. And I want us to just go to that story. Second Samuel chapter 13. Second Samuel chapter 13. Satan is the author of all deception. And he makes things so attractive. And we want them. But it's not of God. Amen. God doesn't want to give you an unpleasant life. He wants to save you from unnecessary heartaches. Second Samuel 13 verse 1. I'm dedicating this particular passage to all daughters, up and coming and even those in the future. Now it was after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so frustrated because of his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. For she was a virgin, and it seemed hard to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend. Everybody say, Amnon had a friend. Whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very shrewd man. 
And he said to him, Oh, son of the king, why are you so depressed? Morning after morning, will you not tell me? Then Amnon said to him, I'm in love with Tamar, the sister of my brother Absalom. Jonadab then said to him, Lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. The deceiver has come. Bad company. When your father comes to see you, say to him, Please let my sister Tamar come and give me some food to eat. And let her prepare the food in my sight, that I may see it and eat from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. Deceitfulness. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister Tamar come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. Then David sent to the house for Tamar, saying, Go now to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was lying down. And she took dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. Verse 9. And she took the pan and dished them out before him. But he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have everyone go out from me. So everyone went out from him. Verse 10. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the bedroom that I may eat from your hand. So Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the bedroom to her brother Amnon. When she brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said, Come, lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. As for me, where could I get rid of my reproach? And as for you, you will be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not listen to her. Since he was stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her with a very great hatred. For the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, get up, go away. But she said to him, no, because this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you have done to me. Yet he wouldn't listen to her. Then he called his young man who attended him and said, Now, throw this woman out of my presence and lock the door behind her. Now she had on a long-sleeved garment. For in this manner the virgin daughters of the king dressed themselves in robes. Then his attendant took her out and locked the door behind her. Verse 19, And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long-sleeved garment which was on her. And she put her hand on her head. And went away crying aloud as she went. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, please don't be an unknown. The Bible says that now after this, the, after this, that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And this Tamar also had a brother, like a half-brother. And Amnon the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so frustrated because she was a virgin. And because she was a virgin, it was a hard thing for him. If you keep your purity, it's not easy for people to break through it. Amen. When your virginity is intact, it's not easy for somebody to just break through it. And Amnon had a difficulty. When I look at her, the way she is, it's not easy to get through to her. It's not easy to deceive her. It's not easy to get her to sin. It's just not easy. And because of that, the Bible says he was frustrated. It is good when the brothers get frustrated, ladies. Amen. 
Let your virginity frustrate them. Let your purity frustrate them. In Jesus' name, they will be frustrated. But in scripture, that's how they are made by God, to be frustrated. But you are not the one to solve their frustrations. Hallelujah. The Lord will give them power over their bodies. But when he saw how pure Tamar was, he was frustrated. So frustrated that he was even falling ill. And we sisters, when the brothers pretend to be ill, to be soft, say, oh, let me come and care for you. Oh, the way he's behaving, my compassion is stirred up. Your compassion should not be stirred up in the wrong way. Hallelujah. And he had a very bad friend called Jonadab. Like I was preaching, bad company, corrupts good morals. Amnon in himself could not commit that sin. Amnon in himself could not disobey God. He had the urge to do that, but the power and the push he didn't have. But a bad friend, you need just one bad friend and your whole life will turn around. Your bad friends will teach you how to lie. So go and tell this lie to your mother. When we are doing examinations, you must cheat. Because that's the only way to do well. Look at the answers on your lap and write it. And then when you grow up as an accountant, you will be falsifying figures and you will end up in jail. Some of you visited the children at the Bostal Institute. You saw that for some of them, it was stealing one Ghana city, 50 pesos and all that. And they are in the Bostal Institute. Many of you deserve to be there. But it's just your parents have not reported you to the Bostal Institute. You should be serving juvenile crimes in the Bostal. And it starts with little things. You start by stealing 10 p. Then it comes to 20. Then you go up to 50. Then you go to 10. Then you become used to because the deception of sin makes your conscience die. Who is the Jonadab in your life? Who is the Jonadab in your classroom? Who is the Jonadab in your church? Whether it's Y-J-K-F-E-N-G. Who is the Jonadab in your saved community? You have to recognize your Jonadab. Ask the person next to you, who is your Jonadab? Have you discovered the Jonadab? A friend who gives you bad advice. A friend who teaches you bad things. The Bible is still the same. There was a Jonadab before you were born. And as you live, there will be Jonadabs in your life. May you be delivered from Jonadab. Amen. How come Jonadab is able to advise Amnon? Because he's his friend. They fellowship together. They spend time together. And therefore, we don't have to give the Jonadabs in our lives opportunity. When you give opportunity, Jonadab can minister to you. But don't give Jonadab that opportunity. Let Jonadab know that's for you. You are all out. Eh, I'm Christian. Yes, I'm very boring and straight. I like it. I'd rather please Jesus. Than please men. So Jonadab gives Amnon this advice. And Amnon takes it. And then he goes to see his father. You see, you add the parents to your plot. When my mother asks you, tell her that is this. When my father asks you, tell him that is that. So your sin is now, the circle is growing. And you have to deceive your own father. Or your own parents. So that you can obey Jonadab's counsel. So he said, go and tell your father, after all, you are the king's son. Go and tell your father that you want Tama to come and make cakes in your sight. And your father being a father will think, oh, it's just sister and brother. Go and ask your pastor whether we can go here. Go and ask your mother whether I can come to your house. So that when I come, 
we will hatch that plan. Go and ask. You see, you think that your parents were born yesterday. You think that we were born yesterday. So many things we see through. And even if we don't see through, we know about them. Hallelujah. But you add your parents to the plot. The deception is growing higher. Hallelujah. Let no man deceive you with vain words. Jonadab is deceiving with vain words completely. And David is also brought in into the plan. So David says, oh, Tamar, go and make cakes. Your brother is not ill. Is ill. In the first place, the illness is a lie. Deceit. I am not deceived. The illness is not a proper illness. It's concocted by Jonadab's counsel. And then Tamar goes and begins to make the cakes. And then Amnon says to her, Oh, let everybody go out. Ladies, when the brother says, let everybody go out, your antenna should go up. Hallelujah. And most of the time, it's the people who are close to you who will defile you. It's the Amnons who are like brothers to you. They are the ones who will defile you. Hallelujah. And I think I'm speaking to some of you here. Some of you are keeping secrets. That only God knows. But today, the Lord will break that bondage on your life. Hallelujah. Say, oh, let all the people go away. Why should the people go away? If you are my brother, I'm just coming to, dis- uh, to serve you something. Why should everybody in the house go away? Do not be found with a man alone for a long time. For what? For what? We need wisdom. Because if you are a girl in white church or... Senior secondary, when you get pregnant, the boy goes to school on the very day that you got pregnant. And you are sent home. You are sent home for nine months. Why? And he is going to school for nine months. He will complete his education. He will go to the university. And you are now coming. Daughter, you you are better than that. You deserve better than that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is going to school. He is not suspended. He is not faced. He even says it's not him. He even says, now you have brought a child into the world. You are not ready to look after the child. And the child has no father. I've seen it many times. Don't forget that we run the orphanage. And they say it's your fault. The very day that you are in labor, your body is not even structured for labor. You have gone where grown-ups go. To go and give birth. And they say, even the nurses don't treat you well. Because you are not coming in dignity and nobleness, nobility. Amen. And so when they say, the very day the baby drops, that's the day he's writing his final exam. That's the day he's writing. And then you have all this emotional turmoil. Do my parents know? Should I lie to them? What shall I do? Why? Why? We need to be wiser than that. And then he says, oh, bring money. Let's go to a clinic. We have to destroy the baby. You are adding sin to sin. Sin to sin. You have now become a murderess. Just because you gave in to somebody. The reason why God said you should wait is because he loves you. And he feels that you are too dignified and too respectful for him to just allow your life to be a certain way. God is on your side. He's not against you. And he just wants to make your life what it should be. Just so let all the people go away. As soon as the person tells you that, your mind must work. He said, if the people are going away, I'm also going with them. 
But I'm around serving cakes. Sometimes the simplicity of your thinking leads you into unnecessary places. The Bible says, how long, you simple-minded ones, will you remain simple-minded? And then after that, he says that, okay, the people have gone. But bring the cakes to the bedroom. Since when? Since when did we serve cakes in the bedroom? When the people were there, you didn't bring such a suggestion. When everybody left. Ladies, why can't we see through the pranks? Why can't we see through it? I don't understand. You see, I have a relative who had a child at the age of 15. When she had that child, the boyfriend was also 15. The boyfriend said, I don't know anything about him. What are you saying? I'm not you now. You are a loose girl. It's you. This, that, that, that. So this relative, she missed her. She lost her place in a very prestigious school. They now have to go and look for a school somewhere for her. She was a very bright and promising child. But with this, even what she suffered, she never became what she should become because of this problem. And then after that, when she wants to marry, everybody says, ah, you, you have a child at what age? 15. Hey, then you started early. Hey, then I'm afraid. The same men who called you, now they want to marry a virgin. Sisters, we are wiser than that. We are wiser than that. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And we deserve better than that. Don't let Amnon lie to you. Don't let Amnon deceive you. In the name of Jesus. So go to the bedroom. And then when she goes, he defiles her. When he defiles her, the Bible says that a certain hatred rises up in Amnon. I was asking my husband a few weeks ago, why? Would somebody be so intimate with a woman? And then after that, hatred, right? They say, well, he has done some counseling. And sometimes the brothers say that if it were not her, I would not have fallen. If it were not her, I would be a pastor today. So the minute the thing happens, they're angry. But it takes two to tango. It doesn't take one. But as soon as it happens, something, there's a revolt. So it wasn't love after all. It was lust. It was a certain drive. Because how can love change into hatred so quickly? Sisters, we are too dignified for that. Hallelujah. And so the love turns to hatred. And then he throws her out. Hey, the same person who wanted you so much that he was ill. Can you, can you explain it to me? The same person, though. He wants you so much, he's ill. Jonathan has to advise him. He makes himself, he's frustrated. He can't, he this, he that. But when you fall into sin, that same person, now it becomes hatred. That's why God says, keep your body. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Some of you may not be at that place yet, but I'm preparing your minds for what lies ahead. Hallelujah. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. How can light and darkness dwell together? What fellowship has Christ with Belial? What fellowship does darkness have with light? It cannot be. Amen. And brothers, don't create situations that give you problems. Don't send Tama out. Hey, don't send other people out and keep Tama in. Don't let Tama come to your bedroom because you are strong but you are not strong. Amen. The Bible says flee youthful lust. It didn't say stand there and debate and discuss. 
He said, flee. Flee is between flying and running. Flee. If Joseph, who got two powerful dreams from God, interpreted people's dreams, became the second pharaoh, fled from Potiphar's wife, then you, that you have not even yet seen God in visions and dreams, you are standing there to fight what? Flee. Send the person next to you and say, flee. Hallelujah. So brothers, don't even create that environment where you are left with Tama alone. Because the body, if you allow it, will disgrace you. Hallelujah. The body is something even the apostle Paul wrestled with. He said, I, I, I keep my body under. Lest after preaching Christ, I myself may be a castaway. Somebody who has written more than half the New Testament says, I can be a castaway if I don't deal with my body. Then you, you have not written even half of a chapter in the Bible and you think that you can fight it. So Amnon throws Tama out and Tama says, this shame of sending me away is greater than even what you have done to me. The rejection. You have reduced me to insignificance. And when you threw me out, you also called the servant that threw that girl. Now I'm that girl. Before I was sweetie pie. Before I was honey. Before I was darling. But after that, I'm that girl. You, you don't even remember my name. Oh, why should we not give our love to a love that never changes? To a love that never ends? To a love that's always constant? To a God who understands? Why should we not give our love to that God first instead of to a human being who can disappoint us, who can change, and who himself wrestles with problems of his own? Because Amnon had his own problems. How come you give your life to a man who also has problems just like you, has battles just like you, and you feel that that person can carry you somewhere in a relationship? How can that be? So then she starts to wail because of the rejection. Many of you, you have suffered rejection from friends, from boyfriends. Some of you, you feel that you are queer because nobody has asked you to do certain things with him before. And some of you feel that you are queer because everybody has a boy who is interested in her. But as for me, I have only one and I don't have any. But you see, these things are also spirits. And certain girls attract certain spirits. So if it's not happening to you, thank God. It is because of the halo that God has put on you. That's why these things, it's not because you are queer. It's not because you are not likable. But it's because God is shielding you from something. So she tears her clothes and she cries so much. Because she has been rejected. She has been thrown out. But the Bible says about Jesus, he has made us accepted. In the beloved. Don't crave for acceptance from the world. Don't crave for acceptance for even those who are near you or close to you. Because they will disappoint you sometimes. But meditate on this verse. That we are accepted in the beloved. God knew you before you were created. And God knows all your faults. And yet he doesn't condemn you. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. It's not to them who have done this or done that. But just being in Christ makes you acceptable. Stop meditating on what you have been told. Let the spirit of acceptance enter your heart. That you are accepted by God Almighty. What are mere men? If God Almighty can accept you. And she tears her clothes and she begins to wail. Many times as young girls, 
we accept guilt and responsibility for things that we didn't do. Because the person who should be having ashes and tearing his clothes is Amnon. And yet it's Tamar who tears her clothes and puts the ashes on her head and goes wailing publicly for everybody to know that her life has come apart. In reality, Tamar should not be the one wailing. She should not be the one with a repentant heart. But many of us, our identity is in what we experience. And our identity is in what we go through. So when we go through, so I say, I am this thing. I am the thing that has happened. That is exactly me. That's what I am. But your experiences are different from who you are. And your experiences are different from the real you. And allow God to change your mind and your perception about yourself. And then when that happened, Absalom, her brother, asked her, Have you been with Amnon? She said, yes. Absalom said, oh, don't cry, for he's your brother, another deceiver. He just wanted to cover. He said, oh, don't cry, my sister, for he's your brother. But one good thing is he took Am- uh, Tamar to his home and kept her there. You see, the fact that you've had one bad experience with a male species does not mean all men are doomed and bad. And when you have that mind, you will not have healthy relationships. Because you see everybody through a lens of badness, betrayal, lies, deception. But you can trust another man. You can trust an Absalom. And an Absalom will not necessarily do to you what Amnon did to you. I pray that you will overcome deception in your work with God. I pray that lying will go out from our midst. Because we lie without thinking. And we are so used to lying that. We lie and the Holy Spirit, which used to prompt us, does not prompt us anymore because we are used to lying. But this afternoon, I pray that the Lord will change you. Do not be double-tongued. There's a deceitful tongue. Don't have a deceitful tongue. Lady Pastor, how do we get to that place where we overcome deception? The Bible says in James 1, 26, that if you look in the mirror and you forget, you become... You read the word, but you are not a doer of the word. You deceive yourself. Amen. So there's also self-deception. That comes from you yourself. Because you look in the word, which is the mirror, and you don't do what it says. You are deceiving yourself. Amen. You have a double lifestyle. Duality. As I was saying yesterday, we know you in church to be this. But in private life, you are something else. We know you as parents to be this. But among your siblings, you have another uh, personality and identity. We know you to be this. But among a certain group of people, you are something else. May the Lord deliver us from deception. We overcome deception by going into the word. And believing the truth of God's word. Because if you don't believe the truth, the Bible says that when you believe a strong a lie, God sends you a strong delusion. Because you get so used to lying that now he sent you a strong delusion. You can't believe anything anymore. But from today, may deception go out of our lives. May we be the Christians that we say that we are. And may we also have the wisdom from above to overcome deception and deceitful people in our lives. Stand to your feet, please. I want us to pray for a short while.
And I want the stronghold of deception, dishonesty, lies, deceit to live our lives. Sometimes it pays, it's a high price to pay to speak the truth. But the Lord will bless you in your doing. And a curse will be removed. The curse of Jacob will be removed because now you walk in truth. First John says, I have no greater love or delight than to know that my children walk in truth. We want to walk in truth from today. We don't want to deceive and we don't want to be deceived. Oh, we overcome him by the blood and by the word of our testimony. Lift up your voice and pray to God. Lift up your voice and tell God, give me a, a faithful heart. Give me an honest heart. Give me a heart that's open to you. Give me a heart that is not double-faced or double-minded. In the name of Jesus. Oh, do not be deceived with vain words. Empty words. Deceitful men. Bad company. Talk about it with God. The type of company you keep. The type of friends you have. The type of secrets you keep. You want to say, Lord, I want to be truthful. I want to be real. In the name of Jesus. Let every stronghold of deception be broken. Oh, let every hold of lying be broken. Let every demonic hold of dishonesty be broken, oh God. Every stronghold of duality, oh God, be broken. In the name of Jesus. Every deception of friendship. Every friendship that is not of God. Let it go. Decide today. Make a decision. Make a promise to God. It's going to cost me. But I'm going to leave this friendship. I'm going to sacrifice this friendship. So that I can gain Jesus. Don't be deceived. Bad company. Corrupts good morals. Oh, be delivered from bad advice. From bad company. Because when you keep the company, the advice will come. ourselves, but we will see the sin in our lives, we will see our shortcomings, and we will come to you who does not condemn, but you who receives us, and forgives us, and helps us to become conformed to the image of your son. We lift up our lives before you. Oh, we give up the bad friends, we give up the unhelpful friends, we give up those friends who may not be bad, but are not helpful to us in our walk with you. We give up that company that we shouldn't keep. We give up those secrets that are deceitful. We give up that other lifestyle that we hide from our parents. We give up, God, every deceitfulness. And we yield our lives to you this afternoon. Do something new in our lives, oh God. Do something new in our lives, oh Jesus. Do something new in my life. Something new in my life. Something 
seed of the enemy that has been sown be aborted by your mercy. Because of your mercy, may they not be consumed. May every stronghold of Satan over these lives be broken. May they be candlesticks standing in the house of the Lord. May they be firebrands into the camp of the enemy. Anoint them anew. Give them new resolve. Give them strength to overcome the deceptions of the enemy. Open their eyes that they may see. Deliver them from evil. Lead them not into temptation, but deliver them from evil, Lord. Your word says you are able to keep that which we entrust unto you. Until that day, I entrust every life here into your hands. Those should have come and those who didn't come. I entrust them into your hands, oh God. For you are able to keep them until that day. May your power keep them. For we are kept by the power of God. May your power keep them. Thank you. Thank you. Receive the touch of God. Receive a new beginning. Receive changed hearts from his throne. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.